word of God is vital. It is critical. And that's why worship is so important. It's not like any preacher when they're preaching, they're giving revelation that God doesn't know. Like God's like, wow, did you hear that? Like, oh my goodness, I didn't see that in my word. He doesn't do that. It's his word. What he looks for is our worship so that his word would be magnified. And so that's why I told the team, I said, worship is not just something I do. Worship is a lifestyle for me. Because if it was all about singing, come on, I can't carry a note as much as I can carry anything. But what God looks for is worship. I don't need a confirmation there, my friend. And so, (laughs) amen. Amen. Um, You know, unless it's inspired, spontaneous, definitely spirit-filled, can I carry a tune, right? But it doesn't mean that I don't know worship. And I want to encourage you in 2021, I'm not here to say this is what God is saying. 2020 gave us that. (laughs) What I do want to let you know is I'm praying that your worship increases. Then you will love the word more. You see what I mean? Like you can't dive into the word if you haven't spent time getting ready for the word. And so worship then becomes the thing that pushes away the enemy that's trying to distract you so that when the seed is broadcast, as it's in the Greek, when they went to sow seed, that means they broadcast. It means that there was a sending forth of the word and the ground that was in worship received it and produced the fruit. And so I want to encourage you that worship is something that needs to increase in your life. Can I get one person to testify to that? Yeah, to worship, to worship, it's important. Uh, Today, I want to share with you, um, as you know, my favorite or I always teach as a church, that the first three chapters of Genesis are vital for you to thrive in your relationship with the Lord. Those first three chapters. If I was asked by somebody, if they banned the word of God and I was only able to get three portions of scripture, chapters, and I said it because the original Bible didn't have chapters and verses. They put them in there for our convenience. And But if they said if there's three that I can get, I would say give me the first three chapters of Genesis. Because in those first three chapters, we see worship. We see the word. We see God at work. I want you to write that down for 2021. We see worship, we see the word, and we see God at work. And in those three chapters, you can arrive at your destiny and your purpose. And for some of you who might be already at your purpose, your praise shall increase in volume. Because to be in the purpose of God is the safest place to be on the planet. Come on, somebody. If there's something you're going to strive for and try to achieve in 2021, it is to find purpose. It is to discover purpose. And so the first three chapters of Genesis gives us that. And so purpose connects to worship, to the word, and to the work that you do. Critical that we understand those three things. And so I want to begin in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, because our theme and what he put in my heart was, Three simple word words, you, me, us. You, 
me, us. And I'm going to spend the first perhaps 15 minutes just dissecting this particular thought that God gave me. And then we're going to get into prayerfully the message of lights shine bright. You see, the Lord is still saying to me, Pastor Roy, even though we enter a new year, I want you to continue to preach what I've given you. And so he wants us to understand the significance and the importance of his first words ever written, ever recorded that God ever spoke. Can someone say, what is that? Come on. Let there be light. And this theme of light moves throughout the pages of scripture, moves throughout the Torah. It moves throughout the the prophets, the major and the minor prophets, the thought of light, especially through Isaiah. Isaiah could be known as as the fifth gospel because in Isaiah, it's quoted quite a bit by Jesus. But but Isaiah really brings some great things into perspective. God knows we need another Isaiah in this hour. And Isaiah who says when the question was asked, who will go for us? And Isaiah said, here am I, Lord. Send me. What a bold statement to be made. And so the Bible says in Isaiah 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And that has twofold in its, in, in its, in its meaning. It first means that it was a historical thing that actually happened because there was a king called Uzziah. You see, God knows that when he calls you, there's history behind his calling because it's his story. But he also wants you to understand the significance of a king getting out of the way so the real king can come straight and front and center into your life. And so there's double meaning there. On one hand, your life has a story. On the other hand, there is something blocking you from seeing the light of that story. And so how we need the prophet Isaiah in these last days who would, who would rise up and says, I will go, Lord, send me. And, and so the light theme continues throughout uh, the New Testament, especially in Malachi. And I love how Malachi ends because then there's a silence for over 300 years or 400 years of, of, of silence. And, and, and so in Malachi, Jesus then metaphorically is, the, is told he's the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. And so then a New Testament comes in, a New Testament, and so Jesus then comes. And and so we see light goes all the way through. And I love how John, the revelator, John puts it and says, there's coming a time where we won't need natural or artificial light because the Son of God, he will be and the glory will be the light. Can someone say, thank God that there's coming a day where we don't depend on the sun or the moon or the star, come on, or the light or the LED, but we will have the fullness of Jesus. For those who are prepared to meet him, that's a place to say, thank you, Jesus. For those who aren't sure, hang with us, and I want to share with you, you got to know. You got to know. And so in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, we come now to, to the unveiling of purpose of of why God began and says, let there be light. And so we also see in Genesis 1, 14 to 17, he speaks of some specific things that he does. Because I said to you earlier that Genesis is about the worship, the word, and what? And the work. And so we're seeing the work of God taking place in creation. And so all of that, if you miss this verse that I'm about to share with you, then we will lose purpose of what was God doing. God wasn't just staying busy because he was bored. 
Y'all need to write that down. You see what I'm saying? God was busy because he had purpose in mind. And the person who is bored, that tells me you don't know purpose and you don't know how to praise. Because to be bored means I'm no longer entertained. But to encounter God means that there is a revelation you've gotten about God's work that you have to give him praise and glory for. And so in this particular chapter, chapter 1 of Genesis, verse 26, he begins, and, and I normally read from the English Standard Version, but, but someone read from the New Living Translation. I said, I like that one. I said, let me, let, me, let me use that. And so the New Living Translation puts it this way. Then God said, sounds like Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, right? Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. I like that. Man, that was before the fall when all these rodents and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So this is just live in harmony. And now it's like night comes and all the crazy animals come out. Them coons, you know what I mean? And all those things that are just bothersome and, and all those things. And so... Verse 27, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female, he created them. Oh, what a powerful statement. Can I bother you just one more time to clap your hand for the word of God? Is that okay? Can I just, can I invite you, me, and us to just, to thank God for his word, for his word. Uh, Last week, the last Sunday of the year 2020, The message was entitled, Keep the Light Shining. God put in my heart to invite five gifted, anointed communicators who God is building a platform for their voice to be heard, not only in this city, but I believe in this state. If they remain humble and faithful, if they remain humble and faithful, he'll take their voices to the far ends of the earth. These five speakers communicated five powerful truths about God. And I believe from Genesis chapter 1, from verse 3 and verses 14 to 16, now this one, we're seeing this all come to, 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 to our understanding that these five powerful truths about God that they shared are foundational if you ever want to achieve and thrive in your relationship with the Lord. Every human being, as I read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, they must grab these truths as a pit bull and they must hold on to these five powerful truths if they're going to be lights in this dark world. And so just for a reminder, I will share with you what these uh, five statements are. But, but, but before I do that, I want to let you know what was unique and life-changing about each truth is that it began with God. That it began with God. That is so awesome. That every morning you wake up, begin with God. That right there is amazing perspective how to look at life. How to look at all your relationships, and we're going to get deeper into it, but it must all begin with God. And so these unique and life-changing truth is that it begins 
with God or began with God. And then each statement ended with the possibility of either, ready for this, you, me, or us. I thought that was neat. Me and Jesus having a conversation. I'm like, that's pretty cool. And so the five statements, it, it goes, God with you. That could be in a conversation with somebody. You could tell them, hey, listen, God is with you. You can also, after telling them that, when they're like, okay, what's the big deal? You could tell them, God's with me. And so not only is God with you, but God is with me. And so automatically now, we are both looking at the God factor. We are both at a place now recognizing what is it about this God. And then we can say, God is with us. We can also say, God cares for you. Well, what about me? Well, God cares for me. But what's most importantly, TGP and those who are watching online, God cares for us. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Come on. To you, it matters because there's emotions behind it. But God says, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. He has to remind me, he says, Ro, in 2020, you were dealing with so much anxiety and stress. I said, God, navigating the church in these times, Bible calls didn't prepare me for what 2020 brought, God. I want to rip up my diploma. Come on. But no, I paid too much money for that. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so, and so I looked at it and I was, and God's like, you try to take yourself in another day and I'm not even finished working on you for this day. And he says, cast your cares upon me because I care for you, bro. I care for your family. And some of us just needs to rest in that. That things happen and you wonder, God, do you really care for me? I want to encourage you, tell somebody, yes, God cares for you. And I promise you, it'll come back and you will recognize that. Well, if that's true for them and God's no respect to a person, then it's got to be true for me. So God cares for me. And the enemy wants you to close your mouth because when you can speak in the midst of your pain, come on, you shake hell. Come on. And you open up heaven. Oh, that's a good word right there. When you tell someone that God cares for you and it comes back to me, hallelujah, you shake hell but you open up heaven oh I'm going to stay on that for a second because someone needs to know that word right there come on you are so powerful that when you open up your mouth prophet Isaiah can hell and hell is getting nervous but when you open up your mouth and declare the word of the Lord heaven opens up to you can someone say heaven open up over my life Oh, what a powerful statement to tell a dark world. God cares for you. And he cares for me. Now, the media won't tell you that. Come on, come on. You got to get it from another person who knows Jesus. You got to get it from someone who begins with God. You better find a prophet. You better find a prophet or better yet become prophetic in your own life. Because like David, sometimes you got to encourage yourself. Mm. And so, those two are dangerous. And then we get to God loves you. God loves me. God loves us. Now we're doing relationship. See, the first two is individualistic. It's, it's okay. Yes. Yes. God. God is, is with you. Yeah. And, God cares for you, but 
But God loves you. God loves me. God loves us. There's some work involved in that one. Yeah, because there's times we see people and we're wondering, God loves Well, I'll just say it by faith. For the Lord. You see what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm doing it for the Lord. Because I really don't believe that God loves you. Come on. Because the enemy does, he puts the darkness on the past. Come on. And so I miss the history. I miss the story. But no, no, no. God loves you. God loves me. God loves us. That's a safe place. See, when I tell people to be safe, I'm trusting that you have the logic and the common sense to stay safe. <laughs> but the reason why I don't say stay safe is because you can be stuck in some place and think it's safe. And because I love you, I tell you, be safe. <laughs> and so to be safe means that you recognize that God loves you where you are, but loves you too much to leave you where you are. And that's the place we have the biggest challenge with God, who created us in his likeness and his image. What do you mean, God, you want me to leave this place? I was saying, Lord, I, I don't do well with change. I don't. And, and it's interesting because I look over my life and, and, and again, I read Genesis chapter 1, 26 and 27. I realize that, that this is God declaring is the end of his creation and, and he's telling us this is my purpose. And, and, and so God's revealing something. We're, we're going to get to it. And, and so, but part of my wiring, part of how God made me is, is I don't really like change because change brings anxiety. It, it brings a sense of, of fear and I'll, I'll be transparent. Come on. It, it brings a sense of, of unknown. It brings a sense of trusting God. And that's where the real issue comes in. Is can I trust God? You feel me? Can I trust God that when I, when, when I check my body and, and, and all of a sudden something's there that's not supposed to be there and all of a sudden my mind comes in, the enemy's playing. Oh, what's that? You see what I'm saying? And you can't even cough nowadays. Amen, somebody, without it being like. Some holding in like. <laughs> okay, good. I'm good. You see what I'm saying? And, and so you automatically run to, to that. And so it's so interesting. I, I received the magazine from Foursquare, and, and I probably should have read it the first time. But I'm here to tell you that, that, that and it's being confessed on, on TV as well. And I'm the area pastor. I probably should have read it, right? And so, and so I didn't read it. And, and so it was interesting because the front cover, it, it had this word coming out, you, Y-O-U, out. And I'm like, look at God. And because of God's mercy that keeps us, he says, you will need to read this article eventually. See, when, see, see, see when, when, when God is your focus, when God is your beginning, he redeems things that the enemy thought, see, that was lost. Because God operates in timing and seasons. Because Pastor Teresa was correct. The Jewish New Year is different from the Roman calendar, which we follow. So who's right? And God says, I'm right. <laughs> and so he works in time, come on, and seasons. 
And so don't look at this new year as 2021 because what will happen, you will put expectations on it that God himself didn't put on it. Now, you can have your New Year's resolution, knock yourself out. And you can make the things that are necessary. But as I was looking at God, it's like, Ro, don't confuse just because you moved and just because you're in a new year that things could change. No, he reminds me, says, I don't change. He reminds me of that. I don't change. So the powerful truths that I'm sharing with you, that God is with you, God cares for you, God loves you, God's mercy keeps you, God is here with us. Those things don't change. But what he said to me was, you have to understand transition. I said, oh, I get it now, God. You have to understand how transitions work. And so transition begins by first letting go. There's got to come an ending. And so with that being the case, I realize now that there's certain things that have to let go and have to let God. I know we've heard that before, but I've got to let go and let the God who created me in his likeness and his image do his perfect work. Come on, somebody. And so what we got to do is we got to let go of expectation. And we've got to hold on to the truth of God's word created in the image and the likeness of God. and Let them be like us. So we have to embrace in this time and season the worship of God, the word of God, and the work that God is doing in you, in me, and in us. I'm going to clap my hands for that because I thought that was really good. So what happens now is there's purpose. And so, and so as we look at these five truths that they share, as I got a hold of them, I'm realizing this is just from Genesis chapter 1. These five truths, these five powerful statements are just in Genesis chapter 1. And I'm going to tell you, if you want to evangelize, if you want to know the secret, come on. This is how it is. Take these five truths and just tell people about them. I promise you, they're in one of these levels. They're one of these statements. I promise you right now, because we read Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, verse 27, and I'm going to tell you that people are at one of these places that the powerful truth can come. Ask him, do you know God loves you? Do you know God cares for you? You're buying your groceries. Do you know that God's mercy is keeping you? I've got to take a praise break right there. Come on. Because the only reason why we're still breathing and six foot above ground is supposed to under is because of mercy of God. Come on. It's the only thing. Your corrupt immune system needed God to protect you. And that's why I praise God. Every morning I get up, I praise God. I worship God. I have to. It's not because I'm religious. It's because I know that God's mercy keeps me. When we first got married, one of the gifts we got that we still have was a scripture in Lamentation. It says, the Lord changes not. Great is his faithfulness. His mercy are new every single morning. We made it over 27 years. Praise God. I got it right. 27 years because of the mercies of God on our lives. Come on, somebody. There were times I had to remind her God loves you. And she had to remind me God loves me until we said together God loves us. And so every relationship that you have is based on that verse I just read you. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Every relationship. Whether you're married, whether you have children, whether you have an employee, an employer, every, hear me now, every relationship finds itself in Genesis chapter 1, 26, 27. Everyone, it is known as God's standard for doing life together is revealed in that. 
So let me now show you how this works. And so that's the foundation. That is what it is, that every relationship needs to find itself in what I call the standard of God. Of how God is pleased with how we do life together so that we can be lights that shines together. And so here he's saying to us now, in 2 Peter verse 1 to 19, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 19, go there quickly, he says this. And we have, right there, and we have. So Peter is right, and Peter is telling them now, based on the foundation I just laid with you, me, and us, Peter is now saying to this communion believer, and we have, what do we have? What is it that Peter is saying that we have? And what Peter is getting at, he's getting to the foundation of everything. He's saying, we have a relationship. That's what he's getting at. He says, and we have, before we get to the other part of the text, you have to break this down and look. And he's saying that we have. So Peter is now identifying with these individuals who are going through massive persecution. And Peter is saying, what can I tell them? And Peter is saying, remember Genesis 1, 26, 27, that we're created in the image of God, that God created us and that these five powerful truths are with us. He says, we have that. That's what we have in the midst of the suffering. What do we have? We have this. So Peter is saying, here's how we're going to do relationships. Here's how we're going to uphold the standard. Someone say standard. Oh, of God. And what we are facing, what we're happening, we're seeing a lower, excuse me, what we're seeing is a lowering of standards. The, the, the standards are being, uh, are being brought down. And so relationships aren't being seen in the light. And he begins this, and we have, and he goes on to say, the prophetic word, more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. And so here now, Peter is giving instruction. Here's what he's saying. I love the New Living Translation. It says this, because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote. So here he's saying, now go back to Genesis. What he's saying is this. Remember, in Genesis, it's about what? It's about worship. It's about the word. It's about what? Work. And he's saying, listen, pay attention to what the prophets said because what they were referring to is that they were talking about, they were bringing about the fulfillment of Jesus, the light of the world. That's what they were saying. They're saying the ultimate relationship is found in Jesus. And Peter is writing, and Peter is saying, you are going through experiences, you're going through challenges. And he says, but because of those experiences, he says, we have something. What do we have? And he said, we have this divine relationship with God. And he's saying this because he's saying, do not, do not lower the standard. He says, keep the standard high. It's 2021. I'm telling you right now that the enemy is trying to lower who we are. He wants to remove the image of God from us. And so everything that comes into your life is simply about one thing and one thing only to remove the image of God in your life. He may use finance. He may use something else. He may use the situation. He may use death. He may use all sorts of things. But the main thing he wants to know is, are you sure God's word is that he will do these five things? He wants to remove those things. And so Peter said, but we have this prophetic word. 
He said, if you're going to continue to walk in your purpose and prosperity in 2021, or if you're going to start walking in your purpose, you cannot fully just depend on the experiences of 2020. Whether your experiences were good by human calculations or evil and unjust as defined by society. Whether you are happy because it's a new year or sad because you're grieving from the loss or the feeling of emptiness because of isolation. You cannot fully depend on these experiences alone. Whether you were disappointed at a failed relationship or encouraged as a result of a favorable outcome. Remember, they are still only experiences. They should drive you back to Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, 27. Is my light still shining? Am I still pleasing God? That's the question for 2021. Am I still pleasing God? Is my faith built to a place where I can hear those words in whom I'm well pleased? And so Peter is saying that all of these experiences are taking place. He goes, let me tell you about experience. If you want to go toe-to-toe from experience, Peter says, I saw the Lord transfigured on the mountain. And I saw his face as light. And Peter says, even that experience cannot replace the image of God in my relationship with him. For Peter went and said, let's build three tabernacles right here. He says, no, you're missing the point. Peter, it's not about you on a cruise ship. Come on. It's about you getting a revelation of who you are and going back down that mountain and let your light shine. Why? Because people need to know they're created in the image of God. Can't get anybody here that knows you are created in the image of God. Now, the challenge is, We as society thinks the only criteria for having relationship with somebody is that they're in the image of God. If you're not a dog, you're good. You can date. You see what I'm saying? If you're not an animal, we have lovers of animals here. and My family, my daughter wants a dog, but I'm like, no, we went through that road and I did way too much work, so we ain't doing that again. And then when you go to college, I'm going to take care of that. No, we ain't doing that. But I love you for the Lord. Amen. <laughs> and so there's people who, they love animals. And, and so and so we have a name. If you're trying to love an animal and it's inappropriate, be so, you can't do that. that. That's not the thing. But the only standard for a relationship with another human is that they're breathing. That's, that's all that's required. As long as, they're, as long as they're breathing, as long as they're a human, we can have a relationship. And God is saying, that's not how the deal works. That's not how the deal works. What he's saying is this from this text that I read and being the lights that need to shine. He says the first and foremost, the most important thing is your personal relationship with God. Not your private relationship, your personal relationship with God. There's nothing private about your relationship with God. If it's private, it ain't a relationship with God. There's nothing about no private relationship. It doesn't exist. The moment you come to Christ, your life shines. How are you keeping that in the closet? Even Jesus says, come on, you can't do that. So it's your personal relationship with God that is foundational for every individual. And if you don't have that, here's the problem that you're going to face. That you then will take an experience with another human being and it could create a misguided deception and lead you to a dark place where there's no light. 
If the standard is simply that's another human being, they can misguide you and lead you into a dark place. Now, this word dark place, what Peter wrote, is not darkness because that's ultimately where it's going. Come on. The enemy recognized that there will be dark times because of the fall. And he knows that. But he wants to bring you, not just from a dark time, he wants to bring you to a dark place. And the dark place speaks of what is dirty, come on, and what's been neglected because of poverty. So he's saying a dark place is a way of thinking that removes the standard of God from how you judge every relationship. And so the enemy brings you to a dark place. And so Peter is saying, don't forget your personal relationship. Why? Because you'll go into a dark place of neglect and poverty. The way you think about this experience will hinder your encounter with God. And so he comes and he says this now. How do you combat that? What do you do? And he says, first of all, know your salvation. Know your salvation. A personal relationship with God, you should be able to communicate what happened to you. It shouldn't have to be some long story. Come on, you don't have to be this great author. No, God is the author of your faith. You just got to tell people, listen, if you want to know how to share your testimony, just tell people, God loves me and he saved me. Come on, that's what God did. And so I want to protect this personal relationship. So you got to know your salvation. So many people, you ask him, are you saved? I don't know. That doesn't cut it. There's nothing private. You got to be able to know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Listen, for you to survive 2021, you've got your salvation. Because I'm telling you, the enemy is coming with vengeance upon all those who don't know they're made in the image and the likeness of God. You've got to know your salvation. So he sends... Spends 15 verses reminding them, add to your faith this, add to your faith this, add to your faith this. He said, take your supplements, build your spiritual muscles. Because of the fall, you don't have all the nutriment that you need. And so you got to take supplements. Come on. What works in the natural was birthed from the spiritual first. No your salvation. So in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10, 11, he says, therefore, brothers, and that word brothers in the Greek means male or female. It means sisters or brothers, not just talking about men. He says, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in all this way, there will be, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. So, so pastor, okay, I have a personal relationship with God. Okay, that's awesome. You know your salvation, yes. So what's next? Now, he says, you have access to a prophetic word. You're not in a relationship with anybody yet? Yeah, come on, no, 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 no. Don't go to any other relationship with anybody else. Because even as you give birth to a child, come on, that child is a gift from God. And that child comes into the world needing to know, I must have a personal relationship with God. That's why Hannah, when she asked God, give me a baby, and God gave her, come on. She said, I'm bringing this child back to know it's salvation. Oh, good God Almighty. I'm bringing this child back to the house of God. And we need parents, come on, to bring your child to the house of the Lord God Almighty. I don't care if they sleep. I don't care if they yawn, get their behinds in the house of the Lord so they know where they came from. Good God Almighty. God is the author of there. You got to bring them 
so they can know what's going on. i got to hurry. And so what happens now, you have to get a prophetic word. You've got to know Scripture. So you got to first know salvation, and then you have to know the Scriptures. And here is why, because in Genesis chapter 1, it declares, watch this now, God made them in his likeness, in his image. He made them male and female. And so if we're going to have a relationship that's going to have any depth whatsoever, I have to know that you know your salvation and you know the Scriptures. And so God says, that's the standard. You see, a prophetic word is not the same as a prediction for the year. A prophetic word is not your New Year's resolution. A prophetic word is not someone's opinion or the agenda of man. Come on. I don't care how much society yells it. If it's not the standard of God, it's not what we practice. Come on, somebody. I don't care if I'm the only one standing. Now, please understand the book of Daniel. That the three Hebrew boys were standing because everybody else bowed. <laughs> so they stood out. Come on, somebody. And so what happens is there's going to be a bow. People will be bow. And so he's saying, listen, it's not about the opinions of men or the agenda of man. A prophetic word, write this down, is spoken from God. It's his rhema. It's spoken from God. It's his rhema. But it's also written in the scriptures that we call the Logos. So what is God doing? What I've been doing for the last few minutes, what I've been doing is to build you to a place where you can start to shine. Oh God, That's what I've been doing. Because here is God looking at his creation. And when he's finished, he says, oh, that was good. They were starting to shine. Why? Because the light in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 was in them. Oh, good God of mine. You think the light came when Jesus came? He was reminding them, your light went out. Come on, somebody. He was reminding them, I'm the light of the world. And in all of the I am's, it's this one, he says, you are that as well. He says, I'm the resurrection of truth. But you're not the resurrection of truth. No, no. He says, I'm that. He says, I'm the bread of life. He didn't say you're the bread of life. He says, I'm that. But when it came to I am the light of the world, he says, you are the light of the world. Ooh. Come on. He is saying that there's a light inside of you. But what happened, you lowered the standard. What you did was you have a switch and you turn it on and you turn it off. Come on. You turn it on and you turn it off. I'm in a situation where people don't know Jesus and I'm ashamed. I turn my lights off and I walk in that dark place of poverty thinking. Come on, somebody. And God is saying, why would you do that when the people you're amongst needs to know that you're made in my image and in my likeness? Live the, oh God, live the standard. Tell them God loves them. You can't do that if the light's off. You can't tell them God cares for them if the light's off. And so what God is looking for, more than a prediction, he's looking for a people. He's looking for a people who wants to declare from the housetop. Come on, that I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He's the Lord of my life. He is my salvation. He is my life. And I have a prophetic word for you because we need the prophets of all to rise up. Come on, in the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. I need to know, is there anybody here that wants to let their light shine? Come on, let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. So what does that mean? Watch this now. This is who you are. In 2020, this, you are a people. Come on. You are a people. Ah, shamama. Created in the image of God. You are a people. 
And so what you're doing is you're saying this, I am plugged in and connected to you. And this is us. Come on. And so when we take a look at this, we see, we see now that what must I do then, Pastor Roe? What, what must I do with this, with this revelation? What, what, what must I do as this light is shining? Here's why he's saying, don't lower your standard. Come on, come on. It goes for both men and female. It goes for parents. It goes for every individual. Don't do it because what happens is this. When you lower your standard, you don't protect the anointed. You don't protect the very yoke destroying, come on, thing that you need to achieve the success in your business, to achieve everything that God has for you. And so here, what every relationship must be, and this is what I'm looking for. See, see, and I was telling somebody, I said, it's one thing to be a Christian, to have a business, but it's something totally different to actually have a Christian business. Because a Christian business, the light shines, come on. And people come to you because they realize now that there's darkness, there's poverty thinking over there. They cut corners, there's no excellence. Come on, let's get practical. But you now are somebody with integrity that shines bright. That you understand the importance now that that person's creating the image of God and they don't know it. So I've got to do business that gets them to realize why are you different than the business down there? Because my light shines. Because my light shines. How come your marriage is different? Because our, our light shines. How come? Because our light shine. That's the only thing is because we recognize we cannot lower the standard because the anointing will not be protected. And the anointing is what breaks yoke. So the reason why I walk in freedom is because I'm protected. Amen. And so this is how it works. The enemy gets to a place because he says, watch this now. You must treasure and protect your personal relationship with God through a prophetic word. So in other words, why aren't you doing that? Hold on. I've got a personal relationship with God. Oh, I'm still going to do it anyways. <laughs> and we take a text out of context and make it a pretext. And so we justify the behavior as opposed to dealing with the belief system. And so what we must do then is, hold on a second. If I do that, if, if, if I look at my personal relationship, and I know my salvation, but I don't know the scriptures, I step into a place of poverty. And then he goes right back to what he did in the garden, chapter 3. Did God say, you have all this. They went to a poverty mindset, and it became a dark place. To eventually, it became darkness that we see that the wickedness of man was so much that God had to destroy the world because people went from a dark place to darkness. And hear me now, America. We must be careful that our light don't go out. And the only way the light will shine bright... Is the body of Christ. It's you. It's me. It's us. So this is it. See. When I look at a relationship. I have to understand the promise. Because he's the God of the promise. And so I have to trust that in this relationship. And I'll use the example with, with, with Megan. And so, and so here it is now. That, that prior to being saved. Um. And I tell, I tell this because it's part of my assignment. It's as God is my witness. As the Lord that I know who lives in me and lives in you. My life is ordered by the Lord. It is. Your life is ordered by the Lord. 
If you want to have a relationship that pleased God, you must have it from this perspective of personal relationship with God and the prophetic word. You must know your salvation to step into be able to know scripture. Because people think, oh, I can go and change the culture. No, that's not what happens. The culture changes you. And what happens while the culture changes us is because we have to lower our standard to fit into the culture. It's the only reason why it changes us is because we have to go under as opposed to going over. Jesus engaged the world but never, ever stopped shining his light. Because he knew his relationship with the Father. And he always says it is written. And he always brought God's promise to it. And so what happens is when you're doing relationships, and I was sharing, and, and, and I remember, and, and I've shared this here probably a lot, but I want to share it again because I believe one of the greatest gifts God has given me is how to do relationships. I love people. It's also one of my biggest weakness because I love people. And I've got to be careful that in loving people, I don't please them. So I, Pastor Roe, have to recognize that I've got to protect and treasure the anointing in my life. And I've got to recognize that even though they're made in the image of God, I have to understand that I'm sent by God and I must maintain the standard of God in every relationship. I don't care if it's my kids. I don't care if it's my wife. I don't care if it's an employer. I will never, ever, because I'm no good to you if my light's not shining. And so I remember when I was in the world, and there's a certain fragrance, aroma that the world offers. Pleasurable. We didn't go to parties till it got dark. Come on, somebody. I mean, we're getting dressed at 10 p.m. We're doing things in the dark. But the moment that I gave my heart to the Lord, the light went on, so to speak. And I started to look at every relationship from a place of now that I've got to please God. And so what happens now is my, my, my boys who were at 7-Eleven, some of them, it was so interesting, we were having breakfast as we were engaged to get married, and I opened up the front page, and I said, babe, there's a couple of our groomsmen. Um, we have to get some new ones. <laughs> Those are my boys, you know what I'm saying? Those are my... Those are my guys, you know what I'm saying? They, like, really? I'm like, yeah, those are my guys, you know what I'm saying? Um, those are my boys. So those were the guys that, that they recognized because when I got saved and had a personal relationship with the Lord, and now I'm in the image and likeness of God, I realized now I can't go to them the way I am because I didn't really know my salvation, and I didn't really know Scripture. And if I went with them, they're going to talk me out of what, I, what happened. They're going to they're talk me out of what's going on. They're going to say that was just some religious thing, that you were brainwashed, and everything like that. And so what I had to do was I spent some time, guess what, with God and with His Word. And after two weeks, I went to my boys, who I knew would be at 7-Eleven. And I walked down there. And I'm in between this personal relationship with God because I realize now I'm in the image and likeness of God. All my insecurities, all the things that I was fearing, all those things were going on, that I was birthed from, from, from a single mom. My dad left. I got all these things rolled up in my mind. But all I knew was I encountered God. I was made in the image and likeness of God and had a relationship with God. It wasn't private anymore. It had to be public. I couldn't stay in my room all the time. I had to go and be a light. I had to go to these guys. I played basketball with guys who knew my past. I had to go to them. Why? Because they in darkness they need the light 
And I'm going to tell you 2021, let's not get tangled up with so many things that's going to distract us from shining bright. You are a people. That's the word of the Lord for 2021. You are a people. Shine your light for God's sake. Shine your light in your business, in your marriage, in your singleness. Shine, shine, shine your light and protect the anointing of God that's on your life. That's the word for 2021. What's your word? I'm protecting the anointed. Why? I'm keeping the standard high because there are people in dark places. You are a people. You are a people. You are a people, my God. I hear God shouting it so loud, but yet it's a whisper. And he's saying, you are a people. And what he wants to find out Do you really know your salvation? Do you really know your salvation? Do you really know my word? Because here's the deal. He's saying that it's vital that you have a personal relationship with God and a prophetic word. Because when it comes to us, you've got to allow your personal relationship and that prophetic word to speak loud in your life. So we have a intense fellowship and we come together what happens is this that when an argument gets to a place where the standard is lowered when the standard is removed what happened is somebody got into a dark place and stayed there became darkness and their heart was hard because there was the absence of light And so now we are arguing from a place of where we can't see eye to eye because the darkness of the heart is preventing the light of God's glory to share on this situation. So we are in poverty. And poverty is a curse. And God is saying you need to bring the light that brings warmth to people's cold situations so they can see the prosperity that's found in Christ. So I go to my boys, and I'm finished with this. And They go, where have you been? They say, what happened to us? And I said, guys, let me tell you something. I said, I know Jesus. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's got a call on my life. Yeah. And I can't, I can't, I can't, I just can't do that anymore. I just, I, I can't do that anymore. Ten years go by, and there's a guy, and he says, Ro, I remembered your conversation ten years ago. And because of that, I realized you knew your salvation, and you knew the scriptures. Young people, old people, everybody. If you want to have a successful relationship in every area of your life, do not, listen to me, Do not lower the standard. Don't do it. Come on. Don't cut corners. Hold on to God's promise for 2021. You are a people. I keep hearing that in my spirit. Before we sing, can we just bow our heads? I'm I'm, I'm done. But we are a people. Oh, goodness. (laughs) 
called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Oh, my Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, if there's any place of poverty in your mind, I want you to go ahead and worship the Lord. Come on, I want you to go. Let, let God shine his light on that area, that, that area. That, 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 come on, let him, let him shine his light in that area of your relationship with him.